Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jane Bell, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to continue our podcast series called Deep Dive into MDS 3.0 Quality Measures. These monthly podcasts feature one or two of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures, QMs, and delve into the details about each measure and what actions may prove helpful as the facility tries to improve or maintain their results. Welcome, Jane. Thanks, Rebecca. And just a reminder to our listeners, my cohort, Jesse McGill, and I have recorded the first two podcasts in this series, covering first the long-stay fall measures and secondly, the pressure ulcer measures. Today, in our third podcast, I will discuss two more long-stay measures. Remember, those are the ones residents are in the facility, 101 days or more. The measures are percent of residents whose need for help with activities of daily living has increased, and the percent of residents whose ability to move independently worsened. And I will cover the rationale, the makeup of the numerator, denominator, any exclusions, covariates, as well as possible action plans for greater success. Thanks, Jane. On the surface, these two measures sound similar, but I imagine there are differences. Could you elaborate on some of the differences, please? That is a great point, and I'll be glad to point out some differences. First, They sound similar since both measures involve specific activities of daily living, ADLs, from section G on the minimum data set, the MDS. But the ADLs used are not the same. Next, for the increased need for help measure, there are no covariates or those risk adjustments we call them. But the measure about worsening ability to move independently has a long list of covariates. So, and as we talked about in earlier recordings, those covariates show the complexity of the resident and are used as risk adjustments that either positively or negatively affect the quality measure facility adjusted percent. Or in other words, they level the playing field for all facilities. Okay, with that as a starting point, let's talk about each measure and continue to separate them out. Jane, what can you tell us about this first measure? Sure, would be happy to do that. So, as a reminder to our listeners, the information and specification for both of these measures is in Chapter 2, of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures Users Manual. Now, the first measure is the long-stay measure called percent of residents whose need for help with activities of daily living has increased. It uses the late loss activities of daily living and determines from the target assessment the percent of long-stay residents whose need for help with those ADLs has increased when compared to the prior assessment. Those familiar with reimbursement models will recognize those late loss ADLs are from the MDS item G0110, bed mobility, 
transfer, eating, and toilet use. An increased need for help with ADLs is defined as an increase in two or more coding points in one late loss ADL item. For example, the resident who needed supervision, a code one, now needs increased help to extensive assistance, which is coded a three. This is a two point increase or a one point increase, such as from limited assist, code two, to extensive assistance, a code three, in two or more late loss ADL items. The ADL decline or need for more staff assistance is identified for the numerator through a comparison of MDS results for each of the ADLs on the most recent MDS, your target assessment, compared to the most recent MDS prior to that one. The identified residents needing increased help would appear in the numerator. They triggered the quality measure. In situations where on the MDS an activity is coded seven, meaning the activity happened only once or twice, or it's coded an eight, the activity did not occur, well, the triggering can still be accomplished as those are recoded by CMS to fours, meaning totally dependent, so that the calculations can still be completed. Then each ADL score is compared individually to the score on the prior assessment, and it is determined if there was an increase in help needed, which would represent decline in performance in any of those late loss ADL functions. The denominator is all residents with a selected target in prior assessment, except those with exclusions. And as far as exclusions, the items that remove the resident from both the denominator and the numerator, there are several. And the following are those exclusions. First, if all four of the late loss ADL items indicate total dependence on the prior assessment and are coded four, seven, or eight. Second, if three of the late loss ADLs indicate total dependence on the prior assessment, as in the first exclusion, and the fourth late loss ADL item indicates extensive assistance on the prior assessment. The third exclusion, if the resident is comatose, B0100 is coded one, where the data is missing on the target assessment. Fourth, if the prognosis of life expectancy is less than six months, J1400 is one, or the data is missing on the target assessment. Fifth, if hospice care item O0100K2 is coded a one, or the data is missing on the target assessment. And sixth, if the resident is not in the numerator and there is missing data in any of the late loss ADLs. As far as risk adjustments or covariates for this measure, 
there are none. And to just add a little bit more rationale for the use of these MDS items. Well, they're called late loss because it has been shown that individuals lose performance in these activities last. So when a resident declines in these areas, it is very significant to take a long look at their clinical status. What can be done to slow down that decline? Ask questions such as, how has that decline been documented in the medical record? Has a significant change assessment been completed? Does the care plan match the resident's current state of function? Are any of the triggered residents involved in a restorative nursing program to slow down any further decline? And on a much more somber note, do we have advanced care planning directives in place? Or do those discussions need to occur sooner rather than later with the physician, the resident, and the family? Jane, do you have any tips regarding an action plan for this measure? Sure, anyone familiar with the process of MDS coding knows that accuracy in Section G is of the utmost importance and to this day remains a challenge. Despite the huge workload of responsibility for MDS nurses, Section G takes continued education, time, patience, persistence to achieve what I call pinpoint accuracy. There are no shortcuts to achieving that kind of accuracy. It all begins with defining the MDS items. What does each activity mean? What are the tasks and subtasks involved? And probably the most difficult part to achieving accuracy is understanding the definitions of the self-performance codes, independent, supervision, limited assistance, extensive assistance, and dependent. Explaining those terms to the nursing staff in words that make sense and that can be applied to real-life scenarios is critical. Also, always with adult learners, you want to make learning fun, interesting, attention-grabbing, role-playing, having the staff divide up into pairs, with one taking on the role of the resident and the other the staff's role, and demonstrating their understanding can be very helpful. Using pictures, photographs, short videos can also have an important impact, and any kind of gamification can work wonders. Many facilities are using electronic devices to get the information from the nursing assistants. And one concern I have observing the staff inputting that data into the kiosk is the speed of the click, click, click. Does the staff really know what they are clicking? Is it accurate right from the start? So taking the time to monitor, audit, Discuss the coding in a non-threatening manner is needed. The idea is not to point fingers, but identify where there are opportunities for improvement. 
observe the staff performing these activities. And then how are they going to describe their actions in the documentation? Talk to the staff, ask them what they would suggest to improve the task of gathering the data or charting. Very often the people closest to the work are the ones that can provide the greatest solutions. Thanks, Jane. This is great information. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. AMAX PDPM Solutions keeps you on track for ongoing success under PDPM. PDPM Solutions includes the PDPM Game Plan with more than 80 pages of interactive tools and resources, the two-hour PDPM Essentials Virtual Workshop, and two one-hour Spotlight Virtual Workshops focused on interrupted stay policy and interim payment assessment. Learn more at anac.org slash PDPM solution. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jane Bell about two long-stay quality measures found in Chapter 2 of the MDS 3.0 Quality Measures User's Manual. Thanks, Rebecca. So let's move to the second measure we want to cover in this podcast. The name of the quality measure is the percent of residents whose ability to move independently worsened. And as mentioned, it is also a long-stay resident measure. This one uses the MDS Section G2, but specifically looks at only one ADL in G0110, self-performance of locomotion on the unit, item G0110E. Specifically, the measure reports the percent of residents who experienced a decline in independence of locomotion during the target period. The measure compares the target assessment with the prior assessment. As in the previous measure, the system converts any coded sevens or eights coded in locomotion on the unit to fours, totally dependent. That ADL score is then compared to the locomotion coding on the prior assessment to determine a decline of one or more points in locomotion on the unit. In other words, the resident's independent function worsened. And if so, the resident will trigger the QM and appear in the numerator. Worsened is defined as an increase of one or more points in self-performance in G0110E compared to G0110E on the prior assessment. Thanks, Jane. It seems that there are some similarities to the previous measure we covered, but what about the exclusions and covariates? Good question, Rebecca, as there are some similarities, but they are not all the same. The exclusions was excluded from calculations include any of the following conditions if found on the prior most recent assessment. B0100 is marked for comatose or the date is missing. Prognosis of less than six months, J1400, or hospice use, 
0100K2 is coded or the data is missing for either of those items. The resonant is totally dependent during locomotion where the data is missing for locomotion on the target or prior assessment. The prior assessment is an OBRA discharge with or without return anticipated. There is no prior assessment to assess prior function. Or the target assessment is an admission PPS five day or the first assessment after an admission. The covariate list is a bit long. And remember, these are risk adjusters, so accurate coding is essential to help level that playing field. The list of covariates uses MDS items that give a picture of the resident's function and include eating, toilet use, transfer, walking in the corridor, severe cognitive impairment, age, gender, vision, oxygen use, or all covariates are missing if no prior assessment is available. That is a long list, but important to know and understand too. Now, can you talk about the rationale of this measure and what the facility can do to ensure greater success? Absolutely, Rebecca. As with many of the quality measures, it is a measurement of the quality of care in the facility. And loss of independence in locomotion is certainly an undesirable outcome. As residents lose independence, their risk of hospitalization, pressure ulcers, musculoskeletal disorders, pneumonia, circulatory problems, and constipation can lead to a reduced quality of life. And what does loss of independence in residents mean to the staff? Well, think about it, the need for more staff. And that's not what facilities want to hear as there are so many struggling for staffing numbers right now. So what's a facility to do? One huge point is that staff must understand that the locomotion on the unit item refers not only to movement on the corridor, but most importantly, to what occurs in the resident's room. One clear action step is to make sure that the nursing staff understands that documentation about how the resident moves in their room is critical. Otherwise, inaccurate coding may occur and a QM could be triggered that also is not accurate. And as we think about increased accuracy of the MDS, another point to stress with all nursing staff is that documenting each episode of care is vital to using the rule of three for the final assessment for section G ADLs. As noted earlier, the list of covariates is long and coding accuracy of those items in section, not just G, functional status, but also A, identification information, B, hearing, speech, and vision, C, cognitive patterns, all necessary 
so that the playing field is leveled when your facility is compared to all other facilities. For many of these activities of daily living, the task occurs several times just in one shift. Yet the documentation tends to focus on one response for the entire time. Working with staff to document as soon as possible after providing care to the resident is essential for accuracy. Otherwise, tiny but important details can be missed. And as with the other ADL quality measure discussed, focus on education, striving for accuracy, and continued efforts to train and monitor. Yes, ADL coding is a challenge, but it can be accomplished. And the quality measures can reflect the facility's efforts. Thank you, Jane. This was a very informative third episode in the series. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on quality measures, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.